Entertainment expands your horizons, takes you on fantastic adventures, challenges your skills. Independent media never looked so good. Welcome to a new sphere of influence. Our words mean business. Traditional families are honored, and the American flag still flies. Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. You know, with all the things that are happening with these government agencies and bureaucracies and all these silly rules and a lot of the corruption that we see happening, I couldn't think of anyone better to talk with than a former colleague of mine, and that is Congressman Jason Chaffetz. Jason Chaffetz was elected to the Congress in 2008 and selected by his peers to be a chairman in the House of Representatives, only the fifth time in 100 years a three-term representative ascended to such a position. As chairman of the powerful Oversight and Government Reform Committee, he led investigations into the United States Secret Service, the Department of Education, IT vulnerabilities, the DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, the Office of Personnel Management, OPM, Data Breach, the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, the Benghazi terrorist attack, misuse of classified information by Hillary Clinton. We'll be talking about that. Fast and Furious, not the movie, but actually what Eric Holder and Barack Obama did in running guns, and the IRS scandal. Congressman Chaffetz left Congress in June of 2017. Before his election, he was chief of staff to the governor of Utah, a former place kicker on the Brigham Young University football team. He earned his bachelor's degree in communications in 1989 and then joined the local business community for 16 years before entering into the public sector. Congressman Chaffetz is a contributor on Fox News Networks and a past fellow at Harvard at the Kennedy School Institute of Politics. Jason has authored the book The Deep State in 2018. His latest book, which we will discuss, The Puppeteers, The People Who Control, The People Who Control America, available wherever books are sold. Jason, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Hey, good to see you, and uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Well, let's talk first about your book, because there was a a pretty big announcement yesterday that George Soros' son is going to take over, and he said that he is more political than his uh, his father. So when I hear the title of your book, The Puppeteers, The People Who Control, The People Who Control America— you know, is there behind the scene actors is kind of like, you know, Geppetto with Pinocchio. Uh, who is really, you know, running things in this country? Well, um, it, it, that should uh, concern everybody. The, the idea that Alex uh, Soros uh, doesn't think they're political enough mm-hmm. because he is one. Clearly, the Soroses are, are one of the puppeteers. 
Look, we name names, we peel it back and show the flow of money. And that's, you follow the money, you start to figure out what how, what's motivating people. Um, not only is it the administrative and bureaucratic state uh, that is on autopilot, that really doesn't uh, care who gets elected to Congress or the presidency, they're going to run things. But <clears throat> you have people like Brian Deese from BlackRock. Mm -hmm. He was put in as the economic advisor. He's not, he replaced Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow decades working on economies and understands the economies. Brian Deese is a climate activist, yeah. and yet Biden put him in charge. And the reason it came from BlackRock is because they can fund these types of things. Uh, Susan Rice, I think, is is part of that mix and what she was doing. The teachers unions, uh, Randy Weingarten and mm -hmm. what she does, the Soroses. These are the types of names, the puppeteers, that have trillions, trillions of dollars behind them in order to move the meter and inject ESG, DEI into our system, whether we want it or not. You know, it's amazing because, you know, most people had never heard of the ESG, the environmental social governance thing. And now all of a sudden they find out that their investment portfolios has to include some measure of ESG in there. And so when you, like you say, peel the onion back, follow the money and the influence. So you get a guy from BlackRock who is really pushing the, the ESG. You make one of these guys, you know, part of your uh, your staff there in Washington, D.C. And oops, oh, by the way, now you, you get this policy out there that is is really not law. I mean, how can you tell me what I can have in my investment portfolio? Well, most people will be stunned. One of the things through the research that we found is that if you look at the Democratic State Treasurers Association, they put out a document I don't think they wanted us to have, um, and it's called the Corporate Benefits Package. And if you pay fifty dollars to $100,000, you can sit by your state treasurer. <laughs> and the document literally says that it doesn't matter who gets elected president, doesn't matter who gets uh, uh, elected to Congress, they are going to implement DEI and ESG because they control $2.5 trillion. And the, uh, they affect the, the boards, the boards of director, yes. the resolutions. BlackRock, if you, if you look at the S&P 500, 98.5% of the S&P 500 companies, BlackRock owns at least 5% of that many companies. And so... They think they, they can just plow this through. And they're right. They're using your 401k, your retirement funds. They manage it and they take the proxy vote because they're, they're not asking you to vote individually. Yes. They're, at, they're taking the proxy votes and they're managing that and pushing that in such a way that they can implement their 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 agenda. That's these are the puppeteers. You know, and it's amazing because for so long we heard the people on the left saying, "Well, the Citizens United case it it brings in all this dark money for the right, right and everything, and the evil Koch brothers and and." But, you know, it's always a part of them projecting what they're really doing <laughs> against someone else. I mean, they're the, you know, you look at the money flow out there. And, you know, once upon a time, folks would have said, oh, you got a tinfoil hat on, you know, you know, you hooked up to the antennas on your TV. But the World Economic Forum and all of these things and all of these, you know, investment agencies and, the, and what they're doing with the climate, uh, you know, agenda. This is for real. 
And, and, and it seems that your book is pointing it out. And as you said, f- tracing the money, naming the names, look at the connection between Randy Weingarten and the Department of Education and also with uh, Rachel Walensky of the uh, Centers for Disease Control, where they're saying, no, nope, we don't want the schools to open back up. We don't care what it does to the kids. Yeah. And, and, and they're brazen about it. Yeah. I mean, it's to the point now that they like i tell a story in the book it's about the b team legendarily a member of congress goes to meet with a cabinet secretary cabinet secretary's not there member of congress gets up to leave and the state senior staff says no i want you to stay here and talk to us and and the member of congress said i'm not talking to the b team i, I want to talk to the cabinet secretary and the senior staff says, you know gets them calmed down a little bit and says you're right, sir. We are the B team. We'd be here before you. We'd be here after you. And we'd be the ones to make the dis- the decision. You're right. And you you know, you served with me. Yep. It's so true on how that works. And it's amazing that the level, it, it's like a tick, the bureaucratic administrative state. Uh, they just continue to gorge on us and get bigger and bigger. Uh, and they stay hidden. Uh, and we don't really see them. So thanks for bringing it out. Now, Put on your oversight committee chairman hat and you said something on Fox that was really it was an incredible revelation when you said, you know, it's not like Donald Trump has original documents that nobody else has. Uh, They all of a sudden disappeared. Uh, Expound on that for the audience, can you? Um, Every one of those documents that may or may not have been classified was generated via computer and printed out. The government still has all of those. So I can I can really see where a government under the Presidential Records Act can un, can say, these are my personal effects. These are my personal papers. He continues to have a security clearance yeah. at the highest levels. His facility is protected by the United States Secret Service. It's not if anybody can just go walk in and use the president's bathroom. And the, the pictures that they showed, I thought were very gratuitous from the Department of Justice, mm-hmm. right? I think they're fighting a, a, uh, a war with the public and they're fighting their case in the public, not trying to administer justice. If you look at that spilled box of documents mm-hmm. and you look really, you zoom in on it, it's newspaper clippings and pictures of the president doing his official duties. There's nothing classified or out there or just spilling out. I think they created these impressions on purpose. And and don't tell me that these are the only documents that are out there like that. They may be copies of them, but is the president entitled to hold some of his documents? Yes or no? I think that's a big part of it. Uh, but, but he has nuclear secrets. I mean, that's what they're telling us. And, you know, I guess he's going to go out there and put it on eBay and try to make a, you know, a couple of extra bucks, or he's going to call up Xi Jinping, un- unlike what, you know, Gerald Milley did, calling up his counterpart in China, but nothing happened to him. So they're just, for whatever reason, they're they're trying to strain so hard to make something out of this do you really believe that there's a there there? I mean, having been the chairman of the oversight committee? Well, I remember um, a couple of months into his presidency, uh, Prime Minister Abe from Japan mm-hmm. came to meet with the president at Mar Lago. Mm-hmm. And there was this huge flurry, huge uproar that the president in a non classified setting was sharing documents and sharing, uh, you know, military secrets. And, and so I did an investigation. Um, 
culminated in my going into the Situation Room and having the United States military show me and tell me what the president was showing by um, Prime Minister Abe. You know what it was? What? It was pictures of Prime Minister Abe's father golfing. That is literally what it was. So color me skeptical. I, I just don't believe these guys when they say it. I have no reason to trust the FBI in what they're saying here. And, you know, the president's entitled to a full defense. But each time I looked at it, I didn't see what they said was there. I don't believe Adam Schiff. I don't believe Eric Swalwell. We have enough experience with the FBI to say, I'm sorry, folks, but you have misled us in the past. Yeah, I mean, coming off of the Durham report, I don't think that the FBI uh, has a lot of credibility. I mean, when you look at Comey, Andrew McKay, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Bruce Orr, all the folks that you uh, know very well and, and you dealt with, you know, why should we believe these people? Why should we believe a news media that for... I don't know, going on eight years, told us that Donald Trump was a, was a, Russian, uh, a Russian spy. So I think we have every right to be skeptical. Now, this is what I want to get your insight on. What, what is the difference with Hillary Clinton having an unclassified email server in her house, I think it was in her bathroom, that classified material was going through, and Comey comes out and says, yep, we got the evidence. She's wrong, but we're not going to do anything about it. This is what I think frustrates the American people the most. And I know that you were involved in investigating that. So help us to understand why, other than the blatant hypocrisy that is there, why is this going on? Hillary Clinton set up her own server on the very day, the exact same day that she started her Senate confirmation hearing. Yet, FBI Director Comey wants us to believe that there was no intent to bypass the Federal Records Act. An another, which is just unfathomable to me. I mean, I just, I can't believe that. What people have to understand is when you're at the State Department, and you're dealing with classified information. The classified system is a separate computer system. Yes. You have to go to a separate room, separate computers, yes. separate servers. The non-classified information is, is on another location on another set of servers. So if you're going to transmit both classified and unclassified, as Comey said, to Hillary Clinton's personal server that was not protected by the best practices of, of our government and the classified information systems, then you have to actually extract it and either copy it, duplicate it, or rewrite it into a system that traverses a non-classified system. And yet again, Comey believes that there was no intent to bypass or to deal in classified material that may expose it to our, our enemies. Again, just totally unbelievable. And the other thing is, in the case of Donald Trump, did he alter documents? No. Mm -hmm. Did he destroy documents? No evidence of that. No allegation of that. She literally had documents that were under a congressional subpoena and a preservation letter that I signed myself, and she destroyed them. That's, again, a violation of law under the Federal Records Act. You can't just destroy documents. And so the, the unequal application of justice, treating these two different standards two different ways, 
I, I think Hillary Clinton was kind of screwed over, quite frankly. I know that surprises a lot of people because I don't think Comey should have got up there and said for 10 minutes, here's all the things she does wrong, did wrong. And by the way, we're not going to charge her. Yeah. I, I think that's wrong. I don't think you do that. But by the same token, if she was going to be charged, and I think she should have, it, it was a civil charge. Mm-hmm. It was not an espionage act. It wasn't like she was, you know, she or Donald Trump were meeting with the Russians or the Chinese and pilfering secrets and in, 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 ingratiating themselves. Now, Joe Biden may have done that. You know, there's evidence there with a credible witness that he did do that type of thing. Yep. So this is what America sees and why they're so frustrated. And now we have tapes, uh, supposedly, from the official that uh, Biden uh, was conversing with that, you know, lays it out. And how interesting it is that all of a sudden we get the indictment of President Trump on the same day that we released the information about the $10 million that was paid to uh, Hunter and and also to to Joe Biden. Now, and, and Hillary Clinton, I mean, she destroyed government property. I mean, hard drives, yeah. computers, and all of these things. But you know, they're, they have prosecutorial uh, discrepancy there. Uh, let's look at you know, Joe Biden has classified documents, and he does not have any right as a senator or a vice president to have those classified documents in a garage next to his quote unquote uh, Corvette. Now, can you do something to a president in the moment, or do you have to wait until after they come out of the presidency? Uh, again, this is just another level of the hypocrisy that we see that it, it is very frustrating to the American people. It's like there's rules for for thee and then there's rules for me. Yeah. Look, you and I both served in Congress, right? whether you're in the House or the Senate. You can go see, review mm-hmm. and read classified material. You're not allowed to take it with nope. you. So the idea that Joe Biden ended up with classified documents in mass in his possession that's a violation of law. Why didn't they come in guns a-blazing like they did with Mar-a-Lago with cameras in tow and go look at the Ben Biden, the, the Ben, the Penn Biden yeah. Center there at the University of Pennsylvania? Why didn't they do that in his garage? Uh, you know, again, Joe Biden, after he's vice president, he doesn't have Secret Service protection. That facility was not secure. The president can argue my my facility was secured. Secret Service agents aren't there protecting boxes, but they are there to protect the physical facility and not allow access to the president's bedroom and 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 you know personal areas. Uh, you can't go do that. So again, the hypocrisy. One other point I forgot to make: in the case of Donald Trump, as was exposed by Kevin Kleinsmith. You know, they prosecuted Kevin Kleinsmith, one of the few people that was prosecuted in the, in the Trump Russiagate stuff. He forged documents, lied to the court with a forged document. The court did nothing. I'm not aware of any court ever that gets lied to, let alone presented a forged document and then does nothing. Yeah. And his consequence, his penalty was probation. He didn't even lose his law license, for goodness sake. And yet they're going to prosecute and it totally affected an election. And yet they want to prosecute Donald Trump and put him in jail for 100 years. I compare that to, to a guy who literally forges documents to sway an election and, and coerce a court. Uh, where, where's the, the, the equal application of justice on that one? Well, when in the world of the progressive socialist left and Marxists, I mean, we have entered into an age of being like the East German Stasi state. 
where we have agencies that under the the cloak of the federal government seem to be able to do any and everything that they want, which, you know, brings us to Christopher Wray and, and the FBI. You know, you having been a former chairman of Oversight, you know, how do you see what Representative Comey, uh, your, one of your successors, how do you see him handling this FBI issue? And what can we really do? Uh, be, because it just appears that the left says, we don't care about, you know, you know, holding us in contempt because, you know, we voted for contempt of Eric Holder uh, over the Fast and Furious uh, when we were in Congress. But what can we really do to hold the left accountable and especially this Biden administration for truly the lying, the unconstitutional actions, all of the things that we see them doing? Um, the first thought is Congress needs to get a backbone. Congress doesn't seem to have the backbone to stand up for itself. Mm -hmm. If I were to issue a subpoena, well, I was chairman, I'd issue a subpoena. The only way to enforce that subpoena on the Department of Justice is to use the Department of Justice. That That's fundamentally wrong. Um, the Inspector General, for instance, Michael Horowitz, of which I, I have great admiration and I think he does good work. He's not allowed at the Department of Justice, if you're an attorney, you're not allowed to be interviewed by the Inspector General. It's the only department and agency where attorneys are carved out and given special protection. Why is that? Mm -hmm. And you have the inspector general who put forward over a thousand pages, highly critical of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, a thousand pages, numerous referrals for potential criminal prosecution. None of them were pursued. I think you need to give the inspector general, if you're, you, know, you don't give us in Congress, con you know, handcuffs. But maybe the inspector general should be able to uh, prosecute people within the Department of Justice. Maybe they're the independent body appointed by the president, uh, can be dismissed by a president, um, but not subject to the uh, attorney general. Right now, they if, if you have a case involving an attorney or some internal investigation, th what they do is the Office of Professional Responsibility. But the performance reviews... And the pay raises and the hiring and firing is done by the attorney general. Yeah. Huge conflict of interest. So we can fix those things, but you're also going to need a president who clears out the the political class. You're going to have to restructure it. You're, you're going to have to fire some people. Uh, my, one of my only criticisms of Donald Trump is he hired some bad some bad actors. I agree. He, he, uh, FBI Director Ray was hired by President Trump. He is not an agent of change. And he doesn't have the strength to turn that department around. And we're all suffering because of it. Last question. Do you think that when you look at Department of Justice and the FBI, many people are saying that it's time that we have a complete reformation of those uh, agencies? Are you in agreement? And are there other government agencies that we need to look at? I know that, you know, definitely the IRS, I would add to that list, maybe the ATF also. Yeah, I mean, look, if I could just wipe off the face of the planet and get rid of the Department of Education, for instance, mm -hmm. I, I don't think there should be a federal Department of Education. Let the states deal with it. As a result, look, we need law enforcement. I got re great respect for U.S. Marshals. We need, we need a federal prison system, the Bureau of Prisons, you know, the Drug Enforcement Agency. But we have to take a fresh look at it, and you're going to have to clear it out. The, the FBI 
the way FISA is used and abused, mm -hmm. the spying that the FBI does on Americans with facial recognition. We held hearings on this when I was in Congress. Um, the things that they're doing to spy on suspicionless Americans, it should scare all of us. I don't care where, what political persuasion you are, you better get your act in order and, and understand that what goes around comes around, yeah. folks. And you give them special police powers, you got to ride herd on that. And um, so it, it needs to be restructured. Yeah. It really does. I mean, we started out talking about the transition of power from George Soros to his son, Alex. I don't think either one of them want to see a SWAT team showing up on their doorstep. But, you know, no. if, if no. we don't get things corrected, that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, the puppeteers, you can read all about yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, how can people follow you? How can people get your new book? The puppeteers, the people who control the people who control America. Look, anywhere big, you know, books are sold. I did an audio version. So if you like audio, I recorded the audio in my own voice. Uh, there's an ebook version and uh, online. You can follow me at Jason in the house. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. I know you, you just got back home uh, to Utah from 10 days up there in that combat zone called New York City. So enjoy the family. Tell your lovely wife that I said hello. And thanks for being with us here on the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. Thank you. Really do appreciate it. All the thank best. You. Take care, Jason. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us on this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. A special thanks to my former colleague, Jason Chaffetz, for taking the time to be with us. And as always, please, if you like this podcast, share it with others and click the like button. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down. Entertainment expands your horizons, takes you on fantastic adventures, challenges your skills. Independent media never looked so good. Welcome to a new sphere of influence. Our words mean business. Traditional families are honored and the American flag still flies.